Welcome to the Education and Training Foundation podcast. In today's episode, we'll hear from Charlotte Bonner, National Head of Education for Sustainable Development at the ETF. Charlotte discusses the findings from some recent research into the experiences of those who work in the education sector on ESD. This podcast was taken from a recent live set webinar, which took place in August 2021. You can register to watch this back on demand by visiting the resources page on the SET website and searching for experiences of education for sustainable development in the FE and training sector. For now, here are the key takeaways from the session. My name is Charlotte Bonner and I'm the National Head of Education for Sustainable Development or ESD at the Education and Training Foundation, which for those of you that don't know is the expert body for professional development and standards in the FE and training sector in England. We also work alongside the Society for Education and Training, which is the country's largest professional membership organisation for teachers and trainers in the UK. This is what we're going to cover. So we'll do a little bit of context setting, why this research was needed. Then we'll let you know what we did and what we found, most importantly. And then we'll finish with a discussion of um, how you can use the data and some signposts for what's coming next. So when we're talking about education for sustainable development, obviously we need to think about what actually sustainable development means. And I personally think this is about using resources mindfully to ensure that on a day-to-day basis, our individual, but also organizational, national, societal operations are um, not only financially viable, but, but most importantly, kind of environmentally sound and socially responsible. So that we don't let one kind of area dominate at the expense of another. And there's um, a well-known definition that talks about the needs of the present generations as well as future generations. So um, making sure that we can protect um, what our future generations need to have healthy, prosperous lives within a within a thriving environment. And although they're not without criticism, I find the UN Sustainable Development Goals a really useful tool for introducing the themes of ESD, Education for Sustainable Development. And they're a collection of 17 interlinked goals, which um, were designed to be a blueprint for, for all to achieve a, a more just and more sustainable future. And they were established in 2015 and were signed by all 193 signatories of uh, the UN uh, General Assembly. So really widespread buy-in to these goals. I think they quite clearly and simply demonstrate the breadth of sustainability, as well as the the interrelationships between them. So some of them are biospherical, kind of environmental goals, looking at climate action and life below water. Some are social goals and look at kind of our social responsibility to people. So whether that's through good health and well-being, no, no poverty, quality education. And some are about the economic structures that we use within our societies. So looking at decent work, looking at sustainable cities and, and, and communities. And all of them are underpinned, kind of the, the axis in between all of those donuts is uh, partnerships for the goals. So really focusing on how we won't achieve these goals in isolation, they have to be done through collaboration. And the other thing I find particularly interesting about the goals is that sub-indicators on all of them, every single one, reference um, the power of education and the need for educators to, to help support the development and the achievement of these goals. So they're really useful for grounding education for sustainable development. 
And UNESCO are probably one of the, well, they're definitely internationally at the forefront of education for sustainable development. And this is what they say it's all about. It's all about empowering learners to take informed decisions and responsible actions to help meet those sustainability goals whilst respecting cultural diversity. It's all about lifelong learning and it's an integral part of quality education. And for me, looking at the further education and training sector, ESD kind of falls into to one of two ponds and that they're, they're interrelated to. And one is about developing sustainability specialists. So people with the skills, the knowledge, the behaviours to, to go into jobs um, where which are directly related to our ability to meet sustainability goals. So, you know, the fact that our sector is, is perfectly placed to train um, renewable en energy specialists, for example. But then also kind of horizontally, broadly across our sector, the ability to develop a understanding of and a, a passion for the solving of sustainability challenges across all of our learners and all of our communities, whether it's our staff, our stakeholders, our partners. It's a really powerful role that the FE sector has to play in terms of achieving those sustainability goals. And it's not just me that believes this. There's a huge number of drivers at the moment to, to really um, encourage the, the further education and training sector to deliver good quality uh, education for sustainable development. Some of those at a really high level, the government's 10 point plan for green industrial revolution was published just before Christmas. There's a really overt commitment to long-term sustainability within, within the UK. We're the hosts of COP26 this year in November up in Glasgow, and the government's really committed to making sure that we are absolutely seen as leading the climate action agenda internationally. And of course, some of those commitments will be directly relevant to the FE sector. We can already see that in the, the responses of IFATE, the Institute for Apprenticeships and Technical Education, with their uh, green apprenticeship advisory work, uh, looking to review all of the occupational standards that they host, as well as developing a sustainability framework for trailblazer groups. There was the Climate Action Roadmap for FE Colleges, which was published last year, really powerful tool for, for colleges, but actually it's transferable to, to all sorts of other provider types too, to look at their organisational approach to sustainability. The Green Jobs Task Force last month published their recommendations to the sector as well as to industry to say okay this is what's actually going to be needed to, to deliver on the government's green jobs commitments. There's a huge amount of learner demand for sustainability action and you'll see from, from our findings today that, that that comes through with the workforce too. And there's business demand, you know, groups like the Aldersgate Group and organisations like National Grid and CBI, there doesn't seem to be a month go by without a new policy paper saying yep the green skills agenda, the sustainability skills agenda is really important to us and we want to see that um, mimicked in our, in our education system too. So there's a lot of demand for ESD across FE and to make that happen is going to take uh, quite a shift. It's going to take time. Sectors don't transition and transform overnight. And I think it will take a mix of kind of top-down changes bottom-up changes and middle-out kind of more organisational approaches to truly embed ESD across the sector so that we can meet kind of the, the demands that are coming from those drivers we've just outlined. I think today's research, what we're going to cover, will hopefully inform those who are looking at policy change funding changes, uh, looking at innovation at an organisational or regional level. If you're a, a, an individual working in a, an FE and training provider, then hopefully there'll be information for you too. So regardless of where your kind of circle of influence is in the sector, wherever your kind of area of interest is, then there should be some data here that can help inform your work.
So straight on to the findings, what we did and uh, what we found. So for three weeks in February, we had a live fieldwork period. We had a survey that was designed using various different techniques. We used SurveyMonkey to get the, the survey out there. And we promoted the survey through a number of ETF networks, but also with our partners, the Society for Education and Training, the Association of Colleges and the Environmental Association of Universities and Colleges. So promoted to various different networks and asked questions, different questions, depending on your job type. So if you were directly involved in teaching and educating, then you were asked a particular skills uh, question set. If you were to had a different role within the sector, then you were asked um, a different set of questions. And we received just over 800 responses, so quite a, uh, a solid response rate. We were very, very pleased with that. And we've spent the last few months analysing those results and preparing them for publication. The report went live. You may have seen that um, in some of the sector press. And... We've hosted a number of uh, webinars, some for SEP members and then today um, to really just uh, outline the findings and discuss their implications for the sector. Fundamentally, these are the results uh, for you, the big, the big headline stats. 74% of teaching staff feel they, don't, they haven't received adequate training to embed sustainability in their work. The majority of respondents agree that the FE training sector has a valuable role to play in the achievement of sustainability goals. 68% feel that at the moment the education system isn't adequately educating learners on sustainability issues. But nearly all respondents believe that UK learners should be taught about sustainability issues. So that's often referred to as an ESD curriculum entitlement. Only 43% of people were familiar with the sustainable development goals that I outlined in our introduction today. 61% of respondents report that to some extent are already actively incorporating sustainability themes into their work. 35% of respondents agree that the curriculum requirements support delivery of sustainability issues. 24% of respondents didn't know what their organisational approach to sustainability is. And 30% of respondents feel that sustainability is an issue for all parts of their organisation. So those are the headlines that we've pulled out of the survey's findings. And in the main report, you'll see as part of the executive summary, those are there for you as an infographic, because those are kind of your, your sound bites, I suppose, from what we found. But overall, there were five key themes that came out of our findings. And what I'm going to do um, is talk you through some of the results that helped us draw these conclusions. So they're colour coded. We're not presenting all of the findings from the research today. That would have taken a significant period of time. But we just wanted to pull out the main themes and showcase those to you before discussing how, how they could perhaps be of use to you in your work. So sustainability as a concept is broadly well understood. So people in the sector understand that sustainability is about that interrelationship between environment, society, economy, that it's about current challenges as well as future challenges, and that collaborations and partnerships are important to, to the sustainability agenda and to the achievement of sustainability goals. Environmental issues were kind of top of the, the word association game that people were playing, um, that people also see economic issues, social justice issues, community issues as, as, as part of this agenda. And they see it with a future lens as well as with a kind of a current present lens too. However, despite that kind of concept being broadly well understood, 
the sustainable development goals were less well perceived. So um, you can see here that the, the blue segment of the pie is the segment of people that had heard of the sustainable development goals. So 40, 43% just over had. So the majority of people in the sector hadn't heard of the sustainable development goals, which I suppose isn't problematic per se, but given that they are the, the kind of most widespread set of sustainability goals that the UK government has committed to, they are global, they can be, be applied locally, and many businesses and organisations are now using them as their reporting mechanism for sustainability uh, improvements. I found that personally quite surprising that that was quite low. But broadly, as I say, the concept is well understood. And there is a very much a widespread belief that the sector is very well placed to lead on sustainability solutions. So a few results here to back that up. Well over 90%, nearly 95% of people believe that all learners should be taught about sustainability issues. So that's all learners, not just those specialising in a sustainability issue. But then conversely, um, when we asked them whether or not they felt that this current um, post-16 education system was educating learners on sustainability issues, less than 20% of people felt that that was the case. So um, people very much believe in the potential of the sector, but don't feel that that's currently being fulfilled. When we asked what kind of teaching um, respondents felt was appropriate for learners when it came to sustainability education, there was general widespread agreement, kind of 75% plus um, agreement on all of the following. People felt that there needed to be better political literacy, economic literacy, understanding of green jobs, understanding of social justice, climate change and sustainability. So quite, again, this I suppose mimics back to that, that question about people's understanding of sustainability. People really do see it holistically um, and feel that there's um, a lot that learners should be learning about as part of their education. We then went on to ask about people's opinions around ESD, around the Sustainable Development Goals. And there's a couple of questions here that may be of interest to you. I think really positively, people feel able to make positive sustainability impacts through their job. So 60% plus of people feel that they are able to affect change in their roles within the sector, which I think is really positive to, to hear. And people feel very confident in their own knowledge and understanding of sustainability issues. So 70% plus of people feel that they that they have a good grasp of sustainability, which again reinforces what we learned earlier on. There's a number of people, kind of 40% of people that would like to include sustainability issues in their teaching and work practice, but haven't yet. About 18% of people feel that they cannot include sustainability issues in their teaching and their work. And we go on in a little while to, to unpick some of the barriers that people are facing in bringing ESD into their professional practice. I think it's also interesting that 61% of people already actively incorporate sustainability themes into their work in some way. I think this gives us a really positive springboard upon which to kind of further catalyse action. It's not as though we're starting from zero. There's a lot of people who have already been working on sustainability within their, within their roles and within their professional practice. But there is a confidence um, issue that I think we perhaps need support. So despite sustainability issues generally being widely understood, people feel less confident to be able to teach others about sustainability issues. Just over 55% of people feel confident to be able to teach others. So there's quite a gap there if we're expecting all learners to, to receive some, some ESD content as part of their as part of their education. Generally widespread belief that the sector is well placed to lead on sustainability solutions. 
quite a mixed response in terms of where where people's um, personal practice is already at. There was also a really significant belief that diverse subject specialisms all have a role to play. So traditionally, you could argue that sustainability has been seen to be the realm of geographers or of particular types of science subject um, learners. But our respondents very much told us that, no, they're, they're looking at this from a whole host of different subject specialisms. And we'll come on to that shortly. But we did ask about the barriers, particularly looking at those respondents who said that they weren't yet including any sustainability content in their professional practice. And this is what came back. So the biggest barrier being cited is the, the curriculum and the study programme. And we've done a sister piece of research to accompany this that we published next month and that's an audit looking at ESD content in the formal curriculum. I've spoken to a number of awarding organisations in the last few months and some of the biggest names in the awarding organisation business and all of them that I've spoken to are looking at two things. They're looking at what is their specialist provision. So do they have the right portfolio to say yep we have qualifications here for people who are trained electricians but want to retrain in how to install electrical vehicle charging points or we have the right qualification um, portfolio to to help support those moving into the uh, renewable and education sector for example so every awarding organization I've spoken to is looking at their specialist qualification delivery and then most of them are also looking at how they're going to weave sustainability as a principle through their curricular or study programme provision in the same way that they do numeracy, literacy, digital skills, equality and diversity themes, for example. So although it's not in the curriculum and the study programme for many educators now, I'm hopeful that the awarding organisations are really um, looking at data such as this and um, adjusting their, their content accordingly. We've also then got um, lack of guided learning hours, which is very much something that came out in the open responses to some of the questions as well. Educators really feel very stretched. They have a commitment to sustainability. They have a commitment to their learners. They see the potential of the, the sector in helping support sustainability delivery, but there aren't enough hours in the day. And they feel very much like they have had more and more content to deliver in their learning and teaching practice and that they're concerned that this will be another subject that they have to embed. So really need to think about how we support people to have the time to address sustainability in their professional practice in a way that, that feels manageable and aligns with the, the capacity that the sector currently has. We then have lack of personal knowledge, um, which correlates well with kind of the, the figures we've already seen. People generally have a good understanding, but don't necessarily have the confidence to bring that into their teaching and learning practice. Um, and then we have some of the top down drivers. So lack of encouragement in here, Ofsted are named. But throughout the research, we saw a number of different top down drivers that were that were cited as as both enablers, but also things that currently prevent good ESD practice. And then interestingly, we have lack of student interest there at 23%, which I think personally think is particularly interesting given there's, there's extensive research, particularly from SOS UK, looking at learner demand for sustainability. And pretty much every provider I talk to at the moment says that the student voice around sustainability is very strong. So um, I find that, that a particularly interesting response too. So lots of lots of challenges there. But as I said, I took great inspiration from the 61% of respondents who said, yep, we're already to some extent including sustainability work in our practice. So 
So we asked people to give us examples of how they'd incorporated sustainability into their work. We've coded those and created these word clouds. And from a pedagogical approach, um, there was a lot of discussion around discussion and debate about student research, student presentations, quite a lot about partnering with external organisations, bringing in experts or going on field trips. Quite a lot of the examples cited were about using sustainability scenarios and examples in people's teaching and learning practice. And that was particularly the case in subjects such as maths. So people were bringing sustainability challenges to a maths class and then using maths to, to resolve or, or help contribute to the solutions of those challenges. So there were people doing carbon footprinting, uh, people looking at distances to, to um, ascertain levels of plastic pollutions, for example. So you can see how some of it was very much based around the subject of sustainability, but some of it was used using sustainability examples to teach other skill sets. So overall, the conclusion of those uh, word classes is that diverse subject specialisms all have a role to play and that people already are bringing sustainability into their practice. Um, so although it may feel like we have a long way to go as a sector, I think there's an awful lot that we should celebrate and recognise too. We then went on to um, ask people about their organisation's approach to sustainability and sustainable development and ESD. So the organisations that they work for, what are they doing? And the conclusion that we came to is that basically different providers are at different stages of their ESD journey. When we asked people to, to rank how well they felt their organisation was doing um, to positively impact sustainability, some people very much feel that they're at the beginning, their organisations aren't doing enough. Others felt that their organisations were doing as much as they possibly could. And then there's an awful lot of people in the middle. So a really diverse set of approaches from an organisational level with regards to sustainability practice as perceived by people that work for them. And when we asked them to go into more detail, we could see some really positive um, responses here. I think people that work for organisations for whom sustainability is an issue for all parts of the organisation. So they're really taking a whole institution approach. For others, it's very much a strategic priority. And then really interestingly, I think the third most common response was, I don't know. I don't know what my organisation's response is to sustainability, which suggests that um, organisations need to work on their communications around sustainable development, even if they are at the beginning of their journey to say, OK, this is a new thing for us that we're going to be working on. Um, but that definitely organisations need support to do that communicating well. And then you can see that there's, there's kind of in, in um, decreasing levels of importance, other things that people use to describe their organisation's approach. So for some people, it's about legislative compliance. For others, it's about teaching and learning. For others, it's an estates issue. For others, it's a way to enhance reputation. I personally thought it was really promising that a teaching and learning issue was seen as higher up the ranking than an estates and facilities issue, which is traditionally where sustainability has sat within the education sector. But of course, the, the main impact of education is, is through um, the impact you have on, on your learners. So the fact that that's now being seen as more and uh, more um, common response from an organisational perspective, that sustainability is a teaching and learning issue, I thought was very, very promising. And then conversely, we looked at the barriers and some of these you can see reflected in the barriers that individuals saw 
um, in, in bringing more sustainability practice to their professional work. Some are, are new because they're looking at an organisational perspective. So there was quite a lot of discussion around prioritisation of other issues. You know, it's simply that sustainability has never got to the top of the list. There's always been something that, that has taken uh, a greater priority for the organisation. Lack of staff resources and capacity and time. We've talked about that. And then financial resources and financial security also very high there in terms of what barriers organisations face in, in doing more on sustainability. Because, of course, there are savings that could be made through, for example, efficiencies in terms of how you use your estate. But, of course, investing in the time and the capacity to really explore what sustainability means for your organisation and developing a strong sustainability strategy does take does take time and resources. And then we've got some of the kind of the top down barriers, too, that were already cited so kind of lack of lack of regulation is uh is is cited there too so a whole host of positives and then a whole host of things that we can we can work on as a sector to really support organizations to do more on their sustainability agendas The next theme that we're going to explore is that the FE workforces have had very little training on how to deliver quality and impactful education for sustainable development. So you may remember earlier uh, in the presentation, we looked at people's broad understanding of sustainability, which was strong, but then people didn't have as much confidence to bring that to their professional practice. And perhaps this is one of the reasons why. Obviously, the Education and Training Foundation, we are a professional development organisation. This is particularly one of the things that we wanted to better understand as part of the research. What training had people had? What training needs do people have? And so we also asked them about their preferences for further enhancing their understanding of education for sustainable development. By far, the most popular option was uh, through online learning, resources to enhance their understanding template resources for people to, to adapt and adopt um, in their work, as well as regular updates on ESD, and then short courses um, with a mix of live group and individual learning. They were all fairly popular. And then of less, less interest was um, specific resources for students. They absolutely wanted resources for themselves. Less interested in practitioner research around sustainable development and peer-to-peer -peer networks and long courses. So I think what I take from this is that it aligns with the feedback that people gave us earlier in the survey about being time poor, um, the capacity issues that the sector faces. So people really want training and learning opportunities that, that align with their current uh, workloads. So things that they can undertake in their own time, things that they can adapt and adopt that, that kind of make life more efficient for them where they can easily bring teaching um, around sustainability into their practice. So those were the headlines from our survey. The report's available now on the ETF website alongside a number of press releases. Um, you might have seen the sector press, a few outlets have, have picked up the stories that they've taken from the research. And initially, we did the research for ourselves. You know, education for sustainable development is a relatively new area of interest for the Education and Training Foundation. And we really wanted the insights that we, we needed to inform our work and to make sure we were giving the best value to the sector and really helping drive change. But what the results soon showed us was that actually the data would be valuable to a whole host of different people, which is why we've published it. So I also wanted to just give a little bit of thought to how you can use the data. It might be that you work for a policy unit, 
uh, a sector body. It might be that you work in workforce development for the FE and training sector or for your organisation. It might be that you're responsible for progressing sustainability in your uh, in your organisation, or it might be that you're an educator practitioner who wants to bring ESD into your practice with more prominence. And there's, I think, benefits for, for all different roles um, from, from the research that we've published. First and foremost, it can inform your ESD work. So it's a, it's a robust evidence base with which you can inform your own practice. So whether that's looking at best practice from elsewhere in the sector, whether that's looking at the sector's needs to inform your work, whether that's looking at what people see as the biggest barriers as, as a way for you to start prioritizing. Hopefully this, this data will help inform your own um, education for sustainable development practice can also be a starting point to, to open the conversation up to colleagues. So if you're one of the people that feels that your organisation isn't yet progressing ESD, then this is a great piece of research to say, OK, here's some findings that, that, that are taken from across the sector. Do these reflect our experiences here within this college or this training provider or this um, adult learning service? What can we do? What, what, what support do we need? You know, it's a really good way to open that conversation um, with colleagues to explore how you can develop your own sustainability practice um, at an organisational level. I think it's also going to be useful for people who are communicating sustainable development. So better understanding your audience helps you frame your communications well. And so there's a whole host of information within their findings that I think will help you really frame sustainability well so it resonates with, with your audience if your audience is people from the FE and training sector might also give you the evidence that you need to help advocate for change. So, for example, we're applying for funding for a number of different projects that we know the sector would benefit from. We're using this data to evidence that need. Might be at, at an organisational level, you're looking to go to your board, your governors um, for investment in ESD. This kind of data can really support your arguments to say, look, this is there's drivers for this across the sector and there's a need for support here, here and here. Here's the evidence that shows that. And you might also use it to benchmark your impact. So you might say, OK, well, this is the national picture. How does that translate to our picture within our organisation or my particular um, uh, professional practice around ESD? So it could use it as a good indicator of how you're, you're faring, whether that's at an individual or organisational level. To help you use the data, we've created two accompanying resources to the report. One outlines different ways that you can use our data to create change, and the other is a set of prompting questions to help you use the research to further your ESD practice, both individually and at an organisational level. And all three of those are available um, on the ETF's website, et-foundation.co.uk slash ESD. We also signpost from there to a number of different resources that already exist to help support the sector with their ESD practice. Some of those are ETF um, designed and delivered and some of those are, are from other parties whom we um, you know, thoroughly recommend you, who, you use their resources. Um, definitely don't want to see any duplication across the sector um, with the ESD work that's going on. So it's a really good starting point um, to, to explore what's available and also what's coming next. So as I said earlier on, um, ESD is relatively new to the ETF. We undertook some research both with this survey, but also our audit of sustainability in the curriculum to really baseline uh, where things were at, but also to, to inform our approach. And we've done a lot of consultation work over the last, um, well, over the course of this year to really understand what our strategy should be. And that's going to be four, fourfold. 
So this is what you can expect to see from us when it comes to education for sustainable development, recognising that teachers and educators, as well as leaders and governors and professional uh, tutors, personal tutors, other professional support staff from across the sector all need support to translate sustainability into their professional practice. So that's where, where we come in. We'll be looking to embed ESD across our offer, um, as well as to create new ESD support. So in the same way that I talked about awarding organisations doing this, this is exactly our approach too. So we'll be weaving ESD across our CPD offer, as well as creating new specialist support in the form of CPD courses, but other resources as well. We're also doing a lot of work with sector partners, so other sector bodies and sector agencies to really support a more enabling environment for ESD for the sector, recognising that some of the barriers that people face very much are sector wide ones. So working with others to create that environment where ESD is more easily prioritised by organisations and practitioners. And then finally, the fourth bit of our strategy is all about our own internal practice and making sure that we're walking the walk when it comes to sustainability too. So touch wood, that should be the easier bit of the three. So what that looks like in terms of things that might be of interest to you, like I say, we've got a second research piece um, published within the next month. And as well as the audit, we've got a host of case studies within there, looking at different leadership types, leadership approaches to embedding ESD within the curriculum across a host of different subject specialisms, across a, a wealth of different types of provider, um, looking at different drivers, um, different motivators for bringing ESD into the curriculum. We've also got a resource coming looking at how to embed ESD within different subject specialisms and a curriculum mapping tool that goes alongside that. So you can look at where your existing ESD practice within your curricular provision is and how you might want to enhance that. We're seeking funding for an ESD for Educators CPD course. And we're also doing a review of the resources on the Excellence Gateway so that you've got a really easily accessible curated set of ESD resources available to you. So all that's in the pipeline. And if you're interested in any of that, if you want to inform any of that work, um, then please do get in touch. I very much welcome hearing from you. You can also access the research report, case studies and much more by visiting the ETF website at et-foundation.co.uk. If you would like to find out more specific information about our ESD work, please contact charlotte.bonner at etfoundation.co.uk.